Welcome to another episode of Bleeding Edge Interviews. I am your host, Super Dave of Bleeding Edge, only on Toxic Radio. For this episode, I was able to sit down and have a nice long conversation with Ross Jennings of Haken, setting off on his solo career, so to speak, at least his first solo album and his first live stream solo performance upcoming. Had a lot to talk about, all kinds of things to cover, believe it or not. In the past year with a pandemic going on, he's had quite a few things drop and quite a few things coming out. So clearly not one to be idle. Mr. Jennings has been putting out all kinds of fun stuff and has more fun stuff to look forward to and a couple announcements along the way during this conversation. Sit back, relax, enjoy the talk. And here we go with Ross Jennings. Ladies and gentlemen, we have with us the lead vocalist of Haken. Well, at least that's how he's primarily known. He's also been busy with vocals for Novena. He's been busy lending his vocal talents to scale the summit. And now he's doing solo stuff. He's got a live stream coming up. He's got a new album coming up. I want you to welcome along with me, Ross Jennings of Haken and Ross Jennings, solo artist. Welcome aboard, Ross. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate uh, this is This is the first interview I'm doing actually uh, wow. for the campaign. So um, pretty Excellent. exciting. I'm very excited to know that I get to scoop everybody on this uh, bit of information here. That's uh, very cool on our end. Yeah. Well, normally with these things, I, you know, I've done so many interviews on a particular record or a project and I've got all the answers sort of stapled to the back of my <laughs> brain so I can just kind of fire them off. But uh, this talking about solo stuff is, is a new new thing. So who knows yeah. what I'm going to say. <laughs> Interesting. So I've got you just leading right off the top of your head. You don't have canned answers yet. So we'll get Ross Jennings raw. <laughs> Indeed. Oh yeah. Indeed. I mean, you, you can't imagine the amount of times um, I had to answer the question, you know, what, what does the name Haken mean? Or, you know, how about that virus album coming out during a virus? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and I, you know, after a while you just had the the uh, standard answer. Right. They come easy at that point. <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, so, so speaking of that, really, if you go back to about last year, it's been really, you think for a lot of folks and uh, in, in your field, it'd be kind of quiet, maybe not able to get a lot done. The tour was interrupted and all that, by the way, saw you guys at the TLA in Philly. You absolutely oh, cool. brought the house down. It was an awesome show. And, um, but meanwhile, you guys have, you've released virus, which hit top five, uh, pretty much metal and prog metal album list everywhere I saw. Uh, one guy was a little on the fence with it. He called it really fucking good. <laughs> um, you, you've also, what's that? That's a great review. Yeah, really? Uh, it sums it up very nicely and quickly. I think so. Um, you, you did an album with Novena. You did uh, Prague at Home performance, which was the first time I heard any of your music with them. And that was okay. really a great, great performance, considering you guys were all in different locations. That came out amazing. Yeah. Um, you've done work with Scale the Summit, who mm -hmm. don't normally have vocalists. And now you've got the album coming up and you've got tour dates been announced as well with Haken. True. Um, You've been busy. Uh, have you found time to relax at all? And and how are you feeling with all this that you've accomplished and everything you've got coming up? Well, I'm just um, going back through the list you've just reeled off there. And um, <laughs> to be perfectly frank with you, a lot of that stuff was done and in the can before the pandemic. Right. So, it, yeah, it might seem like I've been really busy, but actually the releases take a while um, from 
the point where they're finished and wrapped up and in the can to to the actual release date. Sometimes right. it can take several months. So with Novena, for example, it was um, uh, that that was that came out on March the sixth. Uh, so that was just as everyone started to be locked down, you know. Um, right. Yeah, so that, that was already done um, previous the previous year. And similarly with Virus, actually, um, we were just wrapping up the, the mixes and masters uh, whilst we were out uh, on that last Evan Townsend tour. So that was, right. um, so in a, in a way that was yeah, kind of done. And uh, <laughs> sure. so, um, yeah, apart from the prog at home stuff, that was obviously done whilst we were locked down but um yeah. everything else you've mentioned there um had been from previous years but that's not to say that i haven't been busy because obviously yeah. that led the way for um the solo project for example and um, i have been singing on a few other projects as well that i can't really talk about yet so okay. um, similar similar amount of projects i have been working on are yet to come out so it's all kind of a conveyor belt in that sense yeah um, it's been really exciting to see these releases surface um during this time um and yeah that's that's the rewarding part and yeah it makes you it makes you look busy i guess you do get busy with the promo as well so i've had lots, sure. of, lots of interviews and things like that um, yeah yeah and and it certainly does i think it seemed like things were quiet, at least on my end. And then all of a sudden this came out. And when I started going through everything, I went, wow, okay. There was a lot actually, but you're right. I know a lot of that was done prior to the pandemic, but it still gave that illusion at least that yeah. hey, Ross is just doing stuff everywhere. <laughs> He's almost Mike Portnoy. Yeah. I, I, well, no one, no one's that prolific, <laughs> except for maybe Neil Morse. You know, they're both yeah. uh, releasing so much. Um, yeah, really. It, it's, I don't know how they do it. And consistently amazing stuff as well. Right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So talking about that recent stuff, uh, I, I personally had no idea you were working on a solo album until pretty much the single came out. I went, whoa, Ross has got something new. And so that's first single, uh, Words We Can't Unsay. Um, and that's up from upcoming at Shadow of My Future Self. Correct. And so hearing that, this is a, is a song that's taking you really kind of outside of where you've normally been associated with that, that prog metal kind of area of things. This is very much a song that I've been reading reactions to with people referring to it as very 80s. Hmm. Um, I, I will say I agree with that personally a little bit, and I kind of don't. For you, what motivated and, and, and was the genesis for this album and where are the influences that are coming through when we hear the music that's going to be released later on? Yeah, so um, first of all, uh, it's a really exciting thing to finally start releasing this. Uh, the you know the, conce- uh, the conception of this album started probably around about I would say the, the end of April or the mm-hmm. beginning of May. Now we just um, had the, the, the tour cancelled. We hit a rough patch there and. Uh, we we lost a lot of money on that tour, wow. and suddenly no no one's working, and they're all in debt, and it's crazy time. And not not to air too much dirty laundry, but I was having some personal problems as well. So I had all these emotions and and things I wanted to sing about. Yeah, I also have a, a back catalogue of kind of rough demos on, on my own laptop from things that aren't really usable in the context of Haken. So I, my songwriting style, for example, is very different to anything that we do with Haken. I'm, I'm, I have a soft spot for kind of 
you know, arena rock music and mm. country music and, oh, well. and and a lot of pop music as well. And also I, I grew up loving sort of the indie scene in the UK, the, the Britpop. And so I've got all these, all these tastes and music and, and they filter through into my own songwriting. And like I said, they're, they're just kind of sitting there. And um, I felt like the, the, the time and space we were given to, to create now uh, was it was the perfect opportunity to experiment and get out, get over my sort of lack of self confidence with putting a, an ego with putting a solo record out and and just going for it and seeing where it would take me. Um, words we can't unsay. Uh, stylistically, a d- um, deliberate kind of indie pop song, but the eighties influence really only comes through on, in the bridge section. Uh, and that was intentional. It was, it was supposed to sound like something maybe yes would do in the eighties. Um, so that, that was, that was my um, inspiration for that part. The entire album though is a lot more eclectic and it's not going to all sound like that at all. And so, I mean, eventually people will hear it and realize uh, how many different influences do feature on this record. Um, right. I figured I'd, you know, I've got one shot to do this. Let's just put all of it in and see what sticks, you know. Right. That makes sense. And hearing you list all those musical tastes that are are part of your eclectic self, I can I can imagine then, yeah, it's going to have a lot of different things in there. And it's interesting because I know when I read that, and it seemed you were surprised by the idea that somebody said, well, it sounds very 80s. And I thought, surprised me a little bit too, because I thought it actually sounded much more contemporary than that. and. I didn't, I'm going to go back and listen to it now because I didn't hear the yes part you were talking about from the eighties, but I think from my mind, at least in that, in the early part of the song, something was coming out and this spoke to me about the cars or maybe Nick Kershaw or something like that. So it wasn't, I couldn't quite place it, but it was like the influence is there, but it's not screaming, hi, I'm doing an eighties song. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just was a little bit of the sheen on it. I think that that came about there. And, and of course, then it made me think, well, gee, is this is an eighties influence part of what came across in affinity and was that coming from you then not particularly you know that was that was collective um yeah anything in haken's is is equal and collective Um, right so it was not specifically from me no no um there's there's definitely an part of the sonic tapestry of stuff that was in the 80s that really sits with me really well um be that synth the inclusion of synth sounds or really reverbed drums. Uh, that's kind of, that fits in with that, that song particularly. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy that, but it's not my only go-to. <laughs> yeah. No, and I think also, I think what I didn't pick up initially in the first hearing of the song, mostly because I think I've gotten to the point where I don't even expect it anymore most of the time. And my brain, I think, just automatically says, this is probably some sort of synths and they're just programmed that way. And then I realized going back, wait a minute, I'm hearing a horn section. Yeah. That, that is something that seems to have disappeared since the eighties or horns or saxophones and things like that. You just don't hear in a lot of contemporary stuff, at least not that I listen to. Let's be perfectly honest. Maybe that's out there and I'm missing it, but that sort of took me by surprise. And I was like, well, this is really cool because it's a horn section, but doesn't scream 80s horn section like you would hear in a phil collins or a genesis song at the time or something like that it just is blended in so nicely how did you hook up with a group like blas mafia well the connection there is the the drummer simon sanders 
who um, <laughs> I've known for a while now. He's he's a Norwegian drummer uh, with the band Archentype, um, who um, previously toured with Haken in 2016. Mm, okay. So I got to know him quite well. And uh, he's also been on board the Haken crew as, as a crew member, actually. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've gotten to know him quite well. And... And he became a really good personal friend and he'd been someone I'd had in mind to play drums on my record for a long time. Uh, but he, he'd also drummed and, or done some work uh, with Blaise Maffian um, himself. Okay. And so the connection was really there. I was looking for some horns um, and he suggested that they'd be a good fit uh, and right. they'd be up for it. So um, initially... I'm not sure I had sort uh, horns programmed in for that track, but um, I'd reached out to them for some other songs on the record. So there, there are other uh, saxophone right. moments and horn moments on, on the record. Um, cool. But once I realized they were on board, I had the idea to go back for my demos and, and write a, a horn section. I thought it'd be really cool for that, for that chorus. And uh, nice. that came off really well. Yeah. 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 I, I think it really did. It just blended so nicely. And, and I think it just added an element when I realized, wait a minute, these are horns in there. Just, they just had a cool tone out of them. I don't know how that's achieved, but it was, it was excellent. I like the the blending of that. And I, I kind of wish people would do that a little bit more often in this day and age. Yeah. I always felt like Haken could have done with more horn sections in the past. And it's something that's been uh, an interest of mine because funnily yeah. enough, Ray Hearn, the drummer plays uh, tuba himself and he's in his own. so i you know i should have really asked him and his connections but um yeah yeah I, I joked with him about that during the interview because i said um i noticed an interesting yeah. album credit tuba <laughs> from the <laughs> from the drummer wait a minute so. yeah it's, it's a funny uh, odd thing but um he's actually an incredible uh, tuba player yeah <laughs> and a fantastic musician yeah. I don't know why that's surprising. I mean, people assume drummers are not that musically inclined, but uh, <laughs> not this guy. Yeah. I will, if it's not, you know, demeaning to drummers, I, I'll say I am a drummer of a bit. <laughs> um, and then that's probably where my musical inclinations started, started and ended as far as ever reading music, figuring out how to compose music. I've got nothing. So that's, that's, I think my perspective coming through a little bit there. So what can we expect from the rest of the album? Like what you said, it's going to be a lot of different styles blended in. Are there going to be long extended pieces that'll remind us of Haken? Are they pretty much more in the, in the modern song format um, and then yeah, so composition? A couple of things. I wanted to avoid uh, prog metal in general. Yeah. You know, I've done a lot of that with Haken. I'm not saying I've got tired of it or anything, but I just needed a break from that and for my yeah. own solo stuff if i was gonna do the same style i might as well have just done another haken record you know so mm, right um so it was really important for me that i kind of took a left turn and, and tried something else you know um yeah sec secondly it was kind of a deliberate choice not to involve people i've worked with before on mm. uh, in haken or novena yeah when i wanted just a fresh um, team behind me as well because um, they will add new spices uh, to the sound which again will make things so much more uh, fresh and different to right. what, what you're used to hearing me sing on um, so yeah there, there were two elements that were important thirdly um, this lyrically speaking this album's a lot more personal mm -hmm. there's there's stuff that people are really going to be able to relate to in terms of relationships 
and uh, I guess mental uh, mental health and attitudes towards life and the people around them, rather than singing or cloaking all that in the mystery of fantasy creatures like mermaids and cockroaches, <laughs> I thought I'd actually do something a bit more genuine and human sure. uh, for this for this this record. Um, so yeah, it, feel, it feels very much like that. You know, that's something relatable. Yeah, I, I I like that somebody somewhere at least had the lyrics to words we can't unsay out and available so that I could read them along with the song, and. And, you know, going through that, I'm like, yep, yep, okay. I've exactly been in where he's talking about. <laughs> and my mouth has said things that um, had I taken a moment, and as the one lyric says, and I like this because it's a very mindful moment to breathe and hesitate rather than just pop it out of my mouth. Yeah. I'm like, that was just such, I think, a nice moment in there where like there's kind of a little bit of self-recrimination and, or, or, or regret looking back. But there's that moment going, you know, just do this. Just breathe and hesitate. I like that. And with that song, a lot of those lyrics were jotted down pretty much immediately after I'd had uh, an altercation with someone. You know what Uh, I mean? So it was like, um, it was fresh in my mind exactly the emotions and words uh, that I was going through. Yeah. (laughs) And um, putting them right down. And it just, yeah, I'm glad that's come across because it was in the moment a very real uh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, what I decided to do with that that song though was juxtapose it with quite an uplifting uh, style of music. So you've got something actually that's quite dark, and um, you know uh, something like an argument or an altercation, as such, being mixed with a happy song. I thought that was <laughs> quite an interesting thing to do. And yeah, and, and that's funny. We're on the same wavelengths because that yeah. was literally my next question about pointing that out. I'm like, you get this very bright, poppy song, and yet this kind of dark and and distressing topic, which I thought, in many ways, is is such a great thing because it really draws you in as a song. And at the same time, there's that sense of hopefulness that yes, we're going to screw up and make mistakes, and that doesn't mean it's over. We can find a way to get through and find something positive out of it. Yeah, correct. And the album will continue to take that kind of theme as well. So it's, it's all about, uh, in general terms, it's all about self-healing and uh, self-development, um, self-improvement, you know. mm-hmm. um, a lot of self, you know, <laughs> which right. is why I chose the title as well, um, A Shadow of My Future Self, yeah. um, as that kind of flips the, uh, you know, the, the classic saying, a shadow of my former self flips that around and turns into something more positive. So. Yeah. Yeah. I like that concept. That's, that's, that was nice turn of phrase on your part there. So I'm curious, you said first album, first solo album, first time you're doing this, how was that different from what you've been used to and what did you learn from the experience? Wow. Yeah. A huge, huge difference. First, um, first of all, the songwriting terms, um, a completely different. I mean, we touched on it already in this interview, but a completely different approach to to writing songs. So what happens in Haken and Naverna mostly is I'll receive audio files which where vocals have not been really considered yet, and so there'll be lots of complicated passages, some some space given for chords progressions to right. lay some you know epic chorus down or something, <laughs> and then it's sort of up to me and you know maybe some of the other guys will chip in with this as well but um to come up with you know to find the song in that you know that's and it's a really difficult thing to do actually um 
And it can, yeah, it can really, it's so difficult. It's, it can hurt your brain, <laughs> especially with the, the, the amount of different time signatures and pitch shifts and things that are thrown, thrown at you from yeah. these amazing musicians, you know, <laughs> um, you know, we've, we've found our way through that and made it work and come up some goods with Haken and I'm really proud of it. Um, but what I wanted to do specifically this time was start from a very basic point and have these songs that are, are much more simple and they will live and breathe as in the simplest form as a vocal and a guitar part. Right. And then I'd put on the layers after that. So yeah, it was really important for me that um, I exercised and flexed my songwriting muscles in that way. The the words and the melodies, um, in terms of the vocals at least, will come simultaneously right. from the very beginning. You know, um, and a lot of musicians talk about how you know just ideas come and they'll hum something into their phone, and that will be the starting point. And that's pretty much how you know nice. this record worked. Um, right, right. Yeah, from that source material um, so it's it was a lot more seamless for me to write that music and yes it's less complicated musically but um, yeah. uh, much more enjoyable in a way to, to come up with that stuff uh, from the heart you know yeah um, moving on from that what I learned I learned a hell of a lot because I really learned to appreciate um, the role of all the other members of, of a band example with with mm -hmm. Hagen I'm really listening out for my parts <laughs> this is in particular reference to when we're recording and listening to mixes back and that kind of thing so yeah it would always be like okay they're doing their thing and they know what they're doing so I'm just not going to really step on anyone's toes from that department and just focus on the vocals and and make comments about that and yeah. that stuff in the mix but uh, from this on this project, I've had to oversee everything from the starting point right through to the mix and mastering and all the artwork and blah blah. blah. So yeah, it's um, it's a lot of work to do as a as a director. Yeah. Of all of it, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I really learned to appreciate all the roles and uh, in, in that way and the, the mechanics of recording guitar and drums. Um, I've had to oversee. So yeah. Um, Big, big task, but I, I rose to it and I feel like I've I've learned enough to move forward and develop that, that skill set and you know, make more records in the future. Right. Yeah, I in my mind, I conceptualized it a little bit as a difference between being just one of the employees and being one of the managers or being right. the manager. And I've been both. Yeah. And at times you, you feel like I want to have the power to be able to get this to work better than it does or better than it is. And other times I'm going, why the hell did I do this to myself and have to be responsible for 10 other people's jobs and what they're doing? Some days I just want to go back to, you know, I just want to be responsible for my part and let the rest of it take care of itself because uh, there are stressors either way, really. But yeah. it's, it's a lot of weight when you're in charge of everything and your name is going on it. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah, but luckily I, I've, the, the people I hired, um, I have Nate, Nate Navarro on bass, uh, Vikram Shankar on keys and he was a huge help with um, arranging the orchestral parts for me as well. Okay. That was quite a challenge also. And, and we talked about Seaman on drums and they are exceptional musicians. And I, you know, I was apprehensive even asking these guys to perform on such kind of 
you know less less complicated music <laughs> um but they were thrilled to be involved in something like this and um and really added their class to it all um nice. so in a way yes i was overseeing everything and but i had such talent being thrown my way that in many ways there wasn't a lot to improve you know i was yeah. very happy with what i was receiving back um and they were going by my demos so they had you know, the initial ideas and we're sure. st sticking close to it but then they just add their little sparkle on top of that so that was really cool nice. yeah never never underestimate i think the value of just arrangement and composition because yeah i i know i i, I drift towards those complex the time signatures the amazing instrumentality and all that kind of stuff and yet at the same time it's so easy to overlook and forget to appreciate how simplicity can can have its own level of complexity so to speak yeah. because yeah. you've got in many ways fewer notes to work with or fewer less time to work with and you've got to be more concise and just some beautiful things come out and you get to play with space a little bit i, I often equate it with the difference between a david gilmore mm -hmm. who just just selecting perfect notes and the space and, and the vibrato and things like that versus somebody that's so highly techni technical, like mm -hmm. I will pick somebody going way back, Yngwie Malmsteen, who, oh yeah, we've got about a thousand notes a minute. And yet, boy, when do you get to breathe? And when do you get a little bit of melody in there? I'll take Gilmore every day of the week. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's clearly, it's obviously down to personal preference and choice, but you know, a mixture of both is the ideal mm -hmm. world. Yes. <laughs> That's always what we tried to do with Haken is have, have a bit of both. And with, uh, with my solo stuff. Yeah. It's, it's exactly that. I've, I feel like my whole career, I've been in projects that are constantly pushing the boundaries and bending the rules, but I've not mm -hmm. really proved to anyone that I can just, I can do a record that plays by the rules, you know, yeah. and that's often harder to do, you know, uh, a lot of these exceptionally talented prog musicians um would find it very difficult to write a, a straight pop song yeah i think many of them not, not all of them uh, yeah. <laughs> but um uh, you know and that's why they don't you know because they're so wrapped up in the technicalities of their instruments or, right so um yeah it's 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 important to have a balance mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah. I, but i felt that was uh that was a key thing on this record too was to you know, play by the rules a little bit more. Right. <laughs> Restraint is an under or undervalued skill, I will say. And it's it's a key thing in, in, in being a musician sometimes, at least spoken by somebody here who is a half-assed musician at best and just listens to a lot of really good ones. I'm, I'm fearing I'm possibly underplaying things a little bit. I mean, I'm really proud of the record. It's not, oh, that, sure. it's not that simple, <laughs> actually. No, uh, I'm, I'm sure it's not. And, um, you know, I, I have included a couple of longer tracks towards the end of the record yeah. which should go off on little tangents but uh, on the whole yeah it's it's, it's kind of i've stuck to the the five minute format you know yeah yeah <laughs> again that's that in itself is a skill as well and people can be deceived by what they think is simple and it's not and that's just my mind and it's sometimes harder you're right when there are rules yeah than it is when you can just go shoot i'm gonna do whatever the hell i want so kudos to you. I look forward to hearing this. I really do, because I'm very encouraged and, and very uh, excited with that first single that uh, was unexpected in what it sounded like. And yet, in some ways, not entirely. I, I think some of the proclivities, I think, towards the, the being very melodic mm -hmm. and, and coming through with a very nice uh, tune, I guess is the best way I could. I'm, I'm, I'm 
big words have just escaped me, but to come in with a nice, catchy tune is something that's always been evident in Hagen in the vocals. Yeah, it's, it's all about the hooks. Yeah, the music yeah. hooks and, and uh, you know, vo- vocal melodies. They're, they're always sitting on top. Yeah. They're the first thing that people hear, you know, and they're things that people will hum along to and sing along to later. So, so they're, the, you know, first and foremost when writing the track. This, that's the thing that's got to yeah. be the, the best part about it. Absolutely. In my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm curious then, in addition to that, now in about less than two weeks hence, um, you guys, or not you guys, you have a solo acoustic live stream performance coming up. And if I understand correctly, uh, this for you is going to be the first time you're going out and performing solo since, uh, since your pub days. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot I put that in the press release. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't done uh, shows like this. I used to, um, you know, hit, go to the local bar and sing cover versions of tracks. Uh, I, off the top of my head, I've done some Marillion tracks, uh, Metallica ballads, uh, you know, Radiohead mm. stuff. Um, can't remember everything, but uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of stuff like that. And then originals as well, but um and they were fun times uh but uh, you know a lot of the <laughs> a lot with which is the case of these kind of gigs you've just got people there's a there's a muttering of chatter that's yeah. running throughout um, these shows and you don't really get everyone's full attention at these things but um yeah this this uh live stream so the let me backtrack a little bit um i wanted to do some promo of a couple of the songs uh, from the new record, uh, which were performed live. And it was really only going to be initially two tracks, maybe. Mm-hmm. And we look, kind of discussed, I, well, I got the team together to film it, and we discussed like the budget for that. And, and it was starting, it, well, very quickly, it made more sense to perhaps use all that gear we're going to get in for the, the lighting and the camera crew and etc and do actually a whole performance so yeah there's no, there's no point shying away from the fact that it is a pre-recorded show but ev- everything as you'll see it is a live one right. string of a live show you know um so yeah i took that very brave decision to agree to that and <laughs> put together a set list of the um largely tracks from my solo record which no one's heard yet <laughs> right nice but um but that's fine um and there will, there'll be a cover version and perhaps some extra tracks from Haken and Avena. so <laughs> that's for people to get excited about also um and there may be special guests which Ooh. I'll hint to you but um so nice. yeah that, it was it's important that I touch on that part of my career as well because that's you know that's yeah. what people know me for <laughs> sure sure uh, i like that tease for the extra people that's like a pro right there right, you yeah, tease yeah. that very nicely so in a way the timeline was flipped on its head a little bit because mm. i'd initially wanted to put this out after the release of the album but um for whatever reason things have been somewhat delayed for the, uh, for the album release and so we and we're noticing that, you know, people are coming out of lockdowns now. And I mean, I know, I don't know what it's like in the US, but it seems like everyone's out on the streets now and going to shows and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're I'm getting sure, there. I feel July the 4th celebrations in Nashville. And I think there's a big crowd there. And yeah. um, 
there's some folks uh, out there a little bit braver than me. I'm not quite ready to go right. into that larger well, crowd. Cool yeah. I mean, the in the UK, we the governments on this day are you know talking about a full release now. Right. You know, masks not essential. You know, not obligatory, and um, uh, you know shows can happen again, and ga large gatherings can take place, and yeah, as long as you got your vaccine, you, you're cool and all this. Yeah. Um, so the reason I'm talking about this is we were starting to notice that you know, the, the zeitgeist behind uh, live streaming dwindling off perhaps a little bit mm. as people are able to go and go out again. <laughs> um, at the same time, yeah, so I didn't want to delay that until the right. end of the year, really. I just wanted to get it out and, um, and people to see this stuff. And I think on the um, the benefit of that is you know, people are going to get an early access to some of these songs, and right. although they're not exactly how they're going to sound on the final record, yeah, it's going to be fun. They're going to be fun to watch. It's a nice intimate performance with a full production and um, nice. just you know, me and my guitar, and yeah. quite quite a heartfelt moment to um, spend an hour with me on uh, with that. So I'm you know, looking forward to. Uh, hearing people's reactions to to that show and and uh, and what they think of some of the tracks and uh, all the exciting stuff that will happen in the show as well. So yeah, yeah, I, I look forward to seeing it myself. I do plan to uh, be one of your viewers, so I I, I want to see cool. how that goes and get that preview of the album. I like the that early access, so to speak. And honestly, yeah. I, I'm now two years removed from my last trip to the UK, and I'm getting rather impatient. And if this is as mm -hmm. close as I'm getting to see somebody play in a pub, then I'm going to take there it. You go. Well, that's the other thing. Like, I'm, there's, I don't know, you know, obviously I've got some shows booked for Europe next year with Haken. And then there's a, there's a show with Symphony X that we've, and I think a tour that's going to be built around that um, for, uh, for Haken and Symphony X in, in the US. But we're still not a hundred percent sure what's happening with travel yeah. and you know, who knows when you're going to get to see like me perform again. So this is the perfect opportunity to, you know, spend a night in and uh, you know, see some live music. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and all the, yeah, all that news that you're talking about, I've noticed the, that one show that popped up in, in New York city with symphony X, nice pairing. That's a, that's a, uh, a nice act to get logged into there a little bit and, and hang out. So you guys think that will develop more than into a, an, ex, an extended tour. And it's not just a one-off night. I honestly don't know how much I'm supposed to say, but um, oh, okay. was, I think that was the plan. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way we would go out just for one show. Uh, yeah. That expense. So, That's yeah. what I was thinking myself. Yeah. <laughs> but um, i know you got the cruise to the edge coming up as well well there's there's that booked as well yeah so that's um yeah that's that's always exciting and i really hope you know we've got our fingers crossed that that's happening too because that's that's a holiday for our families also right uh, so it's a really nice thing to do at the beginning or the end of a tour it's usually at the end um of, of a run of dates and we get to see our families and mm. yeah, spend some time in the sun so it's, it's cool yeah, that, that looks like a really actually great lineup they've got for that. And, and uh, I'm giving serious thought to it. I've never done, <laughs> never done a cruise myself, but I'm looking at that might be a good one to start with. I realize it's a rather expensive ticket, but um, it's honestly, it's, it's, it's worth every penny from, from my point of view, because you get to have breakfast with some of your favorite musicians, for example, yeah. and you're just bumping into like-minded people and new favorite stars. Um, 
you know, just hanging out. <laughs> right. It's a great thing. Yeah. That that does sound exceedingly awesome. I could yeah. maybe finally meet Mike Portnoy, who is labeled as the patron saint of Bleeding Edge. He doesn't oh. know this yet. And I don't know if he approves of this <laughs> or not. I'm sure he'll be blessed to have that. <laughs> yeah. It's just the joke because I play so many songs by so many acts that at some point in time I'm going, oh, look, here's a band with Mike Portnoy. <laughs> Here's a band with Mike Portnoy. Okay, it's three songs in a row now with featuring Mike Portnoy in some. <laughs> it's like I, I've given it uh, consideration that it's apparently international law that Mike Portnoy plays all the drums. I'd, I'd go by that law. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea how he keeps it straight in his mind, but it's an amazing thing. And and you're edging up close to him in that term. How like I'm curious about the scale of Summit thing. I, I was going to ask about what was it like collaborating with them but i get the impression it wasn't entirely different than what you're used to with haken where somebody says hey here's some music can you give us some vocals is that how it worked with them or was it different yeah no it's, it's exactly it um i was actually asked uh, by chris letchford to work on a track on a previous record and um what uh, i guess my schedule just didn't allow for it in the end and I had to say no and I thought that was that was it and I'm never going to hear from him again and <laughs> um that that record came out and it was instrumental you know so wow uh, and then he reached out to me again a couple of years ago and said well I'm doing this thing where I'm going to get you know all my favorite vocalists or as many as I can on my record and they're gonna have a song each and we're going to release it as an instrumental as it's intended but also with this um the vocal disc you know Right, vocal side, and uh, are you interested? And in, you know, I've got a second chance to work with That's really cool. So yeah, uh, absolutely. Send me the stuff. Uh, send me the track you have in mind for me, and I'll give it a listen. See what's work. See if it's working. And uh, so the the premise for it was that you know we we would have to come up with the the vocal melodies and the lyrics, and nothing of the instrumental would would change at all. So we'd have to create that song from exactly the structure that's there mm -hmm, right and uh no, with no leeway <laughs> wow. and whilst uh we do shift things around with the haken arrangements um it's pretty close to what i'm used to doing anyway you know yeah like you said so um i welcome the challenge and gave it my best shot i know they seem really happy with, with what i laid down um so yeah that was, that was really fun to, to put together um yeah, I, I was, and I think it, if, unless I missed one, I think that came out the same date as your song. So I was like, got that double whammy. I think that date was a, a day where every time I turn around, somebody else had a new song out. I'm going, wait, here's Ross <laughs> twice. I'm like, and I love both of the songs. And it, it was really kind of a nice little yeah. double dose of somebody I hadn't heard from for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't have been my ideal thing, but um, it was a kind of a happy accident in the end that those that both songs had to come out that day. And, um, it's a bit beyond my control. What mm -hmm. what happened was that the scale of the summit album was um, was always scheduled for that date, but yeah. um, we I hadn't really been given the heads up until quite mm -hmm. a late stage when that was going to come out. So, and then I sort of booked my single in for that same day, and <laughs> that's just the way it happened, you know. So, but that was cool. I was thinking, you know, if people didn't like my solo direction, at least there's a prog song on here. <laughs> I right. like to, um, or vice versa. So yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of pleased. It must have pleased uh, the majority with one of the songs at least. Right. <laughs> Pretty good way to get yourself trending on social media in the right. same day too, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
did they give you the title? Did you have to work your lyrics into Daggers and Cloak, or did no, no, you... that was that was my title as well. Yeah, okay, yeah. What made so, you think of that? What what brought that to mind in the song? So um, the the song was mostly about betrayal. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, it was kind of obviously it's a spin on Cloak and Dagger. Um, right. I was coming up with a kind of a fictional you know mass murder or something like that yeah. <laughs> it's, it's another kind of layered um uh, lyric performance you know it's uh, mm. yeah it's not a necessarily about one particular thing it's, there's a few kind of multi-layered meanings to it i'm not right. sure i even told chris actually what what it's all about but <laughs> he hasn't asked <laughs> i was just curious i'm like i wonder what level of difficulty here's a song and oh by the way here's a random title make lyrics that fit <laughs> <laughs> just such a loose. Yeah, well, that that's that would be another challenge in itself, definitely. Um, luckily, you know, I just had track number four or track number <laughs> three or whatever it was, and I uh, had to, um, yeah, I had I had free reign, which gotcha. was cool. I was really um, trusting of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, and you know, it sounds like his sounds like from what I hear, at least on my end, and I'm guessing on their end because they released it, trust was justified. So. Cool. Yeah, you earned it there. I appreciate it. So, um, again, I think I speak for pretty accurately for the Haken fans worldwide at this point in time when we say we're really, really thrilled to see tour dates announced. Level one came out, loving the Space Invaders theme, by the way. That was, uh, that's pretty awesome. Speaking as a person who was absolutely at that time there in the 80s, not as young as I look. Maybe, I don't know, <laughs> but um, so that was really cool. That's really awesome. And speaking on this side of the Atlantic, is there hope then too, that eventually level two will include North American dates maybe? Oh, absolutely. Is the intention to cover all the usual routing yes. you know, or routing as you call it. Um, so, it, you know, Europe was first on the list. Um, sure. We're hoping to possibly do um, some other parts of, Kind of more Eastern Europe and Scandinavia, and when that's done, we're you know looking to come over the, uh, the Atlantic and and do some shows in the U.S., North America, nice Mexico, you know the whole shabam over that yeah. way. <laughs> nice. Um, we you know before the pandemic hit, that was that was always the intention to do a world tour and you know take it even further, like to Asia and places we hadn't played before and, right. and yeah it, was, it all kind of fell on its head but um we hope we can pick that up again and, and you know as if that 2020 didn't happen and just continue as, right. <laughs> as we were supposed to you know. but uh, we'll, we'll see we'll see i think where you left off you you had some really really solid momentum going for you again virus was so well received like you said everywhere i looked it was top five top three uh, at least, if not number one, number two on the, all the lists that would look at that kind of music. And, and so obviously you hit the nail on the head with that one. And uh, based on the reception, when I saw you guys live, you hit the nail there. Everybody was, was very enthusiastic and, and very excited. And I think you've just got that ball rolling right now. And it's, it's, it's I think, I think it's there. People are now hungry for, wait a minute, we didn't get to see Hagen last time, damn it. Right. We want to well, see him now. That's cool, yeah. I mean, the, we're so pleased with how well it was received. And I know people were hungry uh, for that album since we kind of left Vector 
almost half finished you know yeah. <laughs> it was always the intention to have the, the two-parter you know um so now that that's complete and we've done that hit that genre you know that's that's hit the ground running and those songs are going to come across so well live um just we just can't wait to play tracks like prosthetic and carousel right. and to see you know see the audience enjoying it and that's that's the beauty of what we do really yeah. seeing, seeing the other side of it we spend hours and days and months in the studio and getting stuff written and recorded uh, but the, the best part for us is to see people enjoying it in a live context mm-hmm. and uh, the fact that that hasn't happened yet is, is really heartbreaking <laughs> and we yeah. want we want that to happen yeah that's that's the plan yeah excellent i look forward to it absolutely as i'm sure you do and so if i understand correctly there's not definite set date on the album yet or is there when do we expect that um so the solo album yeah yeah (laughs) so um i will be announcing details of that um after the live stream so nice yeah i I wanted to um there'll, there'll be another single uh, that I'm hoping to drop just before the live stream so that mm-hmm. there's um, a bit more material that people will, will know uh, when yeah. they see the show. Um, and then uh, I want people to have a, you know, a nice relaxing evening with an acoustic show. And then after that, I'll be um, yeah, announcing more information on, on the album release date and pre-sales and things like that. Right. I imagine the-, the timing of everything will make touring for your solo album a bit difficult, right? I possibly uh, I, I'm looking to see what things what hap- what's happening with uh, lockdown restrictions and regulations and things like that later yeah. in the year because I I do have sort of the latter part of this year open currently um so if I can fit anything in at all to promote this record I will do my best to try <laughs> otherwise yeah we uh, I'm going to have to look at uh, what windows of opportunity there are next year yeah. between the Haken tours that are already planned. So. Yeah. yeah. Life when you're a busy man. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I don't know how Mike does it with his 89 bands. He says he calls it. Uh, um, it he's got a very good uh, diary keeper there. <laughs> I, I got to figure, I, I can only expect that when he walks into a studio on any given day, he's got to have everybody wearing name tags. Remember who the hell he's playing with. <laughs> so anyway well this is all just amazing stuff that's going on here uh i'm so happy to hear the new music coming out i'm glad you actually you know if things had been different you might not have been able to do this at this point in time so speaking of looking at silver linings who knows how things would have played out might have delayed things maybe wouldn't have gotten to it and so we as fans benefit by getting to hear music we might not otherwise have gotten to hear or at least not as soon as we got to hear it. That's a great thing. I love that. And it gives you the opportunity to stretch those muscles a little bit and feel what it's like to have power and yeah. be in charge of everything. Just to touch on what you said, I mean, the, the silver lining is exactly the word here. I mean, the the world's seen so much tragedy, yeah. death and pain and suffering. And, and okay, we were out of work for a while, but... Um, it did open up some doors um, to produce some music that might possibly wouldn't have happened. Actually, if I'm completely honest, if if things had carried on the way they were with the touring schedules for Haken, 
mm-hmm. stuff I had planned for Novena. I would not have found this time to to record or write yeah. uh, this uh, solo album and various other things that I've been involving myself with this year, uh, which will see the light of day next year, Great. Um, which I can't talk about, but <laughs> I will, <laughs> will just hint it anyway. Again, it's a silver lining. The, these projects wouldn't have happened in normal times. Yeah. And so there's this... I'm, and I'm sure that will go for many artists actually who've been doing extracurricular activities um, that, you know, there's for the fans, that's great news because next year there's going to be a load of releases yeah. uh, and, and surprise, surprising releases as well. I, I've seen jokes, memes online about the 2021, I've gone completely broke because everybody's announcing tours. Yeah. Tour. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Hey, I'm happy to see it happening. And, and, uh, I wish you the best with that. I hope the live stream is a, a huge success for you. I'm sure the show is going to be amazing. And I, I hope it's uh, hugely successful as is the album. And uh, look forward to that. Look forward to when you're back in the studio, putting stuff out with Haken and yeah. touring with them and all that. And hey, God willing, uh, I will uh, share some drinks with you uh, on that on that cruise down in uh, Cruise to the Edge and oh, hell elbows yeah. a little bit. I'll, I'll be looking out for you. There you go. And, and running the other direction. <laughs> oh, God. That's super Dave guy. Anyway, well, I thank you very much for your time today. It's been a thrill talking to you. I'm really uh, glad you had the time to, to, to offer. Oh, and uh, Of course. Absolute pleasure. And uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Anytime. You're always welcome. And again, wish you the best. Take care, my friend. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So there you have it. There is the scoop on what Ross Jennings has been up to. Obviously, we have a lot to look forward to in the very near future with him, not the least of which is new album and a live stream. If you're listening to this prior to July 23rd, 2021, be aware that you can head over to his website, rossjennings.co.uk, or it also works to go with rjsolo.com. That'll get you there as well from the States. Go there. You will find the links to buy the music and to buy access to the live stream. So remember, July 23rd, that's coming up very soon from the date of this particular recording. You want to make sure you are ready for that, able to catch him with his first live solo performance since way back in the day. So that's it for now. Super Dave signing off. Make sure to check out Bleeding Edge on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And of course, the show is Saturdays, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time, only on Toxic Radio. You can get it through ToxicRadio.net, or you can listen through the app, also available on TuneIn app. No excuses to miss it. See you then. Take care. Take care.